You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. A very powerful passage of Scripture, and not only is it it powerful, uh, there are so many things that are taught in this chapter, but here we find in Luke chapter 16, we find a dialogue that is... a a dialogue that is just so tragic. We find this this dialogue, and what a dialogue it is, what a situation, what a tragedy that is here as we go through the Scripture of what we just read and as you continue on through the end of, uh, of that chapter. But what we find here is that this man, this rich man, this individual who died without Christ, went into a devil's hell. He he went immediately. Just think about it. The rich man died and was buried and in hell lift up his eyes, being in torment. You know, for the believer, that will not be us. What a, what a wonderful thought. Knowing that your sins have been forgiven, that you have accepted Christ as your personal Savior, that is a wonderful assurance when death comes our direction and when maybe a loved one that we have that we know is saved, they go into eternity. What a blessing it is that we can have that confidence that they're with the Lord. You see, for the believer, we do not go from life to death. We go from life to life. We don't pass from life to death. Those that are without Christ, they go from life to death. And to be truthful, they go from death to death. Because the Bible says that without Christ, you are already condemned, dead in your trespasses and sins. And so there is... For those without Christ, right now, this is the best it gets. You know, there are some wonderful things that take place in this world. There are many blessings. But if this was the best that it got, it would be empty. There there is a void. But with the Lord, there is no void. He has filled that place in our life, and what a glorious thing that that is. So we look at this tragedy, uh, how this rich man, he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And what a tragedy that this man has experienced this torment called hell. But worse than that is that this is only the account of one of billions. Billions. There is right now world population 2021 7.874 billion people 
in the world right now. They say that they say that uh, uh, that with that, uh, fifty-six thousand or fifty-six million people a year going to eternity. Fifty-six million a year, four point six million a month. A hit hundred and fifty-three thousand four hundred and twenty-four people will go into eternity today. We think about the tragedy of just uh, uh, those that were in that uh, apartment, that condominium in Florida, and how that side of that condominium uh, collapsed, and 156 people uh, were there, and, uh, and now they're saying 12 have been recovered uh, that uh, have died, and that number continues to grow. We look back at the World Trade Center, and uh, over 3,000 Americans died on that day, uh, but when we look at those that go into eternity, 153,424 die every day. They go into eternity. 106 a minute, 1.8 per second. People are going into eternity. Unbelievable. And this rich man who died and went into a devil's hell is not alone. He is not alone. There are others that are going into eternity just like he did. And in hell they lift up their eyes, being in torment. And here you have people that are dying without Christ who are going into a devil's hell. And they need somebody to tell them. They need somebody to tell them. You know, you and I are here for such a time as this. Such a time as this. There is a necessity for those who know and those who name the name of Christ to share the good news of the gospel. Don't get quiet on me. You see, we are, we are commissioned to take the gospel to this world. We are commissioned to take the gospel to this world. Are you saved this morning? Aren't you glad somebody told you? Aren't you glad somebody carried the gospel along? Maybe it was in a church service. Maybe there was a pastor. Uh, maybe that was during a service and a message. Uh, maybe it was a soul winner. But there was somebody. There have been believers who have carried the torch of, of the gospel and have continued that message to where it got to you and where it got to me. And, and we, are, uh, we are commissioned uh, that we are going to share that. People are going into eternity every day, every moment, every second. Time is not slowing down. It's not slowing down. Time is not manageable. It goes on with us and it goes on without us. Time we only have right now. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, the Bible says, And it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. It's appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. You know, there are only two places that people will spend eternity in. It will either be in a place called heaven, that we are with the Lord 
or we will be in a place that called hell that is without the Lord. The worst part of hell is not the fire. The worst part of hell is the absence of God. God is the essence of everything good. And when you remove good, all you have left is torment. All you have left is evil. And here when we look at uh, this, we see that there are only two destinations. But both of those destinations are determined during life. Where somebody is going to spend eternity is determined right now. They are both immediate in death. As soon as someone dies, they're either going to go to heaven, they'll take their last breath here and their next breath in heaven, or they will take their last breath here and their next breath in hell. There's a great heretical teaching of a place called purgatory. Now, purgatory is not a Bible word. Purgatory is not a Bible teaching. Purgatory is not a Bible uh, principle. There is nothing biblical about a place called purgatory. You see, Roman Catholic doctrine, the, the, the doctrine of purgatory, it began in 1095 under Pope Urban II. And, and with that, uh, there was this uh, teaching uh, that uh, those that uh, they, they taught that the sacrament or penance uh, did not suffice uh, to, uh, to forgive the guilt of sin. Let me tell you something. The atoning, atoning blood of Christ is enough to forgive sin. And, and there was a teaching that uh, you could not have penance or ask for forgiveness and that there would be enough forgiveness offered for some sins. So shortly after that, uh, after 1095 in the 11th century, 12th century, uh, they began selling indulgences. Now, the indulgences were a money-making event. This is not something that's just a Baptist pastor. This is historical. They say that St. Peter's Basilica, some of the cathedrals were paid for with one indulgence. Just stop and think about that. How much money had to go in for one indulgence? And what that indulgence stated was that if you pay for this indulgence, then now they will go into this place of purgatory and their guilt, you can move them through this place of, of turmoil or this place of continued purification that they would then move on to heaven. And there is nothing like that in the Bible. There is no doctrine, there is no teaching that, is, that you could gain that from. Uh, the Bible says With the shed, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. It doesn't matter how much money, though I want you to put a lot of money in the offering. Uh, there's no money that you could put in the offering that would gain you and give you forgiveness of sin. Uh, the only forgiveness of sin comes Comes from the atoning shed blood of Jesus Christ. And by faith, accepting him and his sacrifice uh, of his, his dying in our place, he died on, for me. He paid my sin debt. And he offers to pay the sin debt of the entire world. And so, uh, so with that, though, there is a lot of people that are, that are confused about this, uh, this doctrine of salvation. First Peter chapter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. 
The Bible says, For as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver, silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as the lamb uh, without blemish and without spot. And so here in our text in Luke 16, we find two individuals and we have two complete different destinations. Some will say that this is just a parable, it's just a story. But when we look at parables in the Bible, they are led with, with, is like unto, or is liked, or is like. It is the use of metaphors to present it. There, there are not any proper names given in any of the parables. They are only generalities. But we find here that in this passage we have a man by the name of Lazarus who is mentioned. Lazarus was a believer. He was saved. He was born again. And so when his time came, he was taken to heaven. We have the rich man who was unnamed. People say, well, he wasn't named, so this just must be a story. But you see, when you are without Christ, you may be known here, but you are not known for eternity. The Lord said, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. He said, depart, for I never knew you. You know, when you got saved, you got a new name. Just, just think about that for a second. When you, got, when you put your faith in Christ, you were given a name, a new name. Your name was written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. But it wasn't written down just as whatever your name is right now. You see, we've been adopted into a new family. When I first, uh, when I was eight years old, uh, my mom remarried and Pops was brought into our life. And uh, by the time I was 15, I started using his name. Up until that point, I had never used his name. I'd used my, uh, my sister's dad's name. And, uh, and then uh, the, over the years, uh, by the time I was 18, the adoption process went through and I legally took his name. You know, you and I, when you got saved and you were adopted into a family, uh, you're, you're part of God's, you're one of God's children now. And, and there's, a, there's a new name. Uh, Revelation 20, verse 12, he said, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Skip down to verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And here this morning, if you are saved, your name was written down in the Lamb's book of life. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, your name is not there. The rich man's name was not there. And without having your name written down in the Lamb's book of life, the, your destiny has already been determined. 
But that's not just for those that are here this morning. That's not just for those who are watching online. That is not just for those that, uh, that we know. This is for everyone who is here on this earth. We're still in the introduction. You see, if you don't know of your, where your eternal destiny is going to be, you need to make that decision today. If you don't know, church membership isn't going to get you to heaven. Attending church isn't going to get you to heaven. Being baptized isn't going to get you to heaven. Putting money in the offering, no, putting money in the offering plate will not get you to heaven. The only thing that's going to get a person to heaven is when they accept Christ. And see, if you're here and you don't know, today is the accepted time. 2 Corinthians 6, 2. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. In the, in the, the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Uh, we don't know uh, when our life is going to come to an end. 1 John 5, 13. Uh, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that ye have present tense, eternal life. Either you have it or you don't. It's not a think so. It's not a hope so. Either you have it. And God said, I have written my word. I have given you my word so you can know. Now you're here in church this morning. So that means that you believe. You believe that there is a God. And he says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. He wants us not to just hope that we are on the way to heaven. He wants us to know that we are on our way to heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But as many as received him to them gave me power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. You see, you and I are just one breath from eternity. Just one breath. No different than Nicodemus. No different than Lazarus. No different than, uh, than the rich man here. Uh, and the Bible tells us in James 4.14, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. You see, eternity is coming. The end of our life is coming. But not just ourself. You're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm saved. We got this covered. Praise the Lord. But what about them? You see, 
This morning, I'm not really talking to the unsaved, though you would think that that's who I'm talking to. This morning, I am not talking to the unsure, those that are just really unsure of what, where their faith is, is at. I'm not talking to the agnostic, the unaware this morning. This morning, I am talking to those who are unmoved. You see, here when we look back at our text, let's look again at verse 24. Luke 16, 24. Are we awake? All right. Luke 16, 24. I've only got about an hour and a half left, so you listen quickly. I'll, I'll preach quickly. I'm just kidding. Uh, but Luke chapter 16 and verse number 24, the Bible says, And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And this morning I want to speak to you on the subject, send somebody. Send somebody. Father, I pray that you would bless right now. Lord, we are coming out of this whole COVID event. We're coming out of a time where everybody has been uh, constricted and restricted, and uh, we, have, uh, we have just uh, gone recluse and, and, and removed ourselves from interaction with society. But Lord, the, the reality is people are still dying every single second. People are going into eternity. And Lord, there are people who are in hell right now that want somebody to go tell their loved ones. They want somebody to go tell the ones that they love so they will not have to go to that place of torment. And so I pray that you would help us as a church not to be unmoved. I pray that you would help us to recognize uh, our, our condition, recognize maybe some apathy, recognize uh, our unwillingness, maybe recognize uh, our, uh, our unmoved position to where we are not telling people we've got to share the good news of the gospel. So help us now, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. You see, we have got to tell. You see, those in hell do not have to be convinced that hell is real. You see, the rich man may have heard. He had heard the prophets. He had heard uh, the, the, the message. Uh, somebody, uh, the, the message had been out. And I don't know whether or not somebody opened the scripture directly to this rich man or not. But what we do know is that when uh, he cried out and he wanted somebody, uh, two times in the passage, we, saw, we find the rich man calling uh, for Lazarus or for Abraham to send somebody. Somebody. Send Lazarus that he may dip his tip of his finger in water and cool his tongue. Later we will find that he is saying, send him to my father's house for I have five brethren. There were, there were people that he still had concern about that were lost and undone and who were headed to the same place called hell. And he said, I need somebody to go. I need somebody to tell them. Send somebody. Send somebody, send somebody uh, so they, uh, you see, those in hell do not need to be convinced of, number one, the torment of hell. They don't need to be convinced of the torment of hell. They believe. They believe. They are, 
They may have been an agnostic. They may have been an atheist. They may have been uh, someone who, who rejected the truth of the gospel. But as soon as they died, they became an absolute believer. And somebody, it doesn't matter where we are today, we can say that we don't believe, but that does not change reality. Have you ever been sincerely wrong? I have been many times. Just ask my wife. No, there, there are times where I'm, co I'm convinced on something, but I'm convinced, but I was wrong. You know what? There are people who are convinced in their faith. You know, just as believers, we assemble in church, but we're not the only people that live by faith. The agnostic is living by faith. Those that believe in evolution, they are living by faith. Their, their faith is just placed somewhere else. It's not that we are religious and they are just science, scientific. No, it is called the evolution theory. Uh, why? Because it cannot be proved. Not only can it not be proved, it breaks the very laws of science. You take the laws of science and disprove the very possibility of evolution. Uh, but they will not place those together. Why? Because what else are they going to believe? You see, the humanist is that humanism is a religion, just like our faith is a religion. It's not that we are we have faith and ever other people have fact. No, everybody lives by some faith. You walked in here this morning and you saw these chairs. I didn't see one person pick it up and check the welds. Now we have had some of these chairs fall. Just as an encouragement to you, Brother Doug. <laughs> There, there, have been, there have been chairs that have fallen. There have been chairs that were chairs, but they failed. Now, we haven't had one of our chairs fall when somebody was in it in church. Uh, but, but the reality is, you just looked at it and said, that's a, that's a chair it was made to sit on, and by faith you sat in that chair. Everybody lives by faith. But where is that faith going to be appropriated? You see, when we think about this, those that are in hell do not be, need to be convinced of the torment uh, that they are experiencing. They do not need to be convinced of the turmoil that's there, uh, the mental anguish. Uh, in, in Luke 16, 25, but Abraham's son said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. You see, they don't need to be convinced of the turmoil. They don't need to be convinced of the torment. Uh, they don't need to be convinced of the terror to come. Verse 27 and 28, and he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And what he was saying was, send somebody, send Lazarus, send somebody, so they do not, my loved ones, do not have to come to this place called hell. You see, the people that are in hell are believers but it's too late. It's too late. They rejected. They would not receive the goodness and graciousness of God in their life. And now, 
They are without mercy in their death. Yesterday, I went up to a door. Mrs. Brown and I were canvassing, and I went up to this door, and on the door, it said, no soliciting. And so I wasn't knocking on doors. I was just going to leave the flyer, but it said, no soliciting. It said, uh, uh, we don't want solar. We don't, we don't need a vacuum. And the third thing in line said, we don't need our souls saved. Now, that's the first time I have seen that on a sign. This was not a handwritten sign. This was a professionally made sign. But the reality is, those without Christ, they need their soul saved. You know what? You know what the people that are in hell are crying out? Send somebody. Send somebody. Who's going to tell them? I have never had, I have never in all these years of being alive, 52, 52 years old, I think. Uh, and, uh, you know, once you hit 21, who cares? Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, here I was, uh, 52. I have never had a Christian knock on my door to share the good news of the gospel. Never once. I've had the Mormons show up. I've had the Jehovah's Witnesses show up, and they deny the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you cannot reject the Son and have the Father. There is no way. And so uh, here, I've had the heretics come, but I have never had a Christian knock on my door. Now, that's not the case for everybody. Let me tell you something. What our community needs is the people that are in Bible Baptist Church who are saved and on their way to heaven. They need somebody to go and tell their loved ones. They have have loved ones that are in hell that want their family to be saved. They have loved ones. Maybe it's a grandma that's praying. Maybe it's a, a mama that's praying for their son. Uh, maybe uh, it is, it's a child praying for their grandma or grandpa uh, or their parents. Uh, but let me tell you, the reality is, is that hell is real. And the Lord gave us a job to share the good news of the gospel. We have, to, we have to take the truth that we have. Just think about how terrible it was. I hate cancer. I hate cancer. How many people that we love have gone on before because of that horrible disease? And just think, if somebody had the cure for cancer and they didn't share it, what kind of an evil, what kind of a, uncaring person would hold back that truth. But here we have something greater than the cure for cancer. We have the cure for the sin debt. You see, somebody has got to tell the people. You know, as a church family, we have been commissioned to take the good news of the gospel uh, to those not just across the street uh, and around our community, but also around the world. Uh, we are to share the good news uh, of the gospel. You see, hell is real. Hell is sure. Hell is waiting. Proverbs 27 and verse 20, hell and destruction are never full, the Bible says. Uh, and, and our heart goes out to the, the addicted in our community. My heart goes out to the homeless in our community. 
community. And my heart goes out to the broken and the burdened and the hurt, uh, hurting and homeless and helpless and hungry. And we'll do whatever we can to help in all of those areas. But let me tell you, churches have changed the focus on just dealing with the here and now. And we, are, we have forgotten to take the most important message of the by and by. We have, we have neglected to take the news of the gospel and share it with this world. Uh, what is the use to continue somebody's life down here so they can go to hell later? Shame on churches that are not sharing the gospel. Shame on Christians who are hiding their faith. Amen. Now, we just had all kinds of announcements, didn't we? All those people coming up. And what happens? You sort of get this glaze. All right, well, I'm never going to remember all them. But you know what the focus is on every one of those announcements? It was a way to get the gospel to somebody. Every ministry has to revolve around the gospel. Every opportunity uh, has to revolve around the gospel. Do we want to disciple? Absolutely. Do we teach? Absolutely. But why are we going to do that? So we then have the opportunity to help share the good news of the gospel to somebody else, to prepare the believer so we know how to live, so we can communicate the gospel. Why? Because somebody needs to tell the people in this world. Somebody needs to tell those uh, who are uh, who are not saved. You know those buses that are sitting out here, uh, those buses need to get rolling again. But you know what? If we are uncaring and we are unconcerned, then we will not sacrifice of our time to run a bus. Let somebody else do it. Boy, it got quiet. You see, it's not that we are unaware. It is that we are unmoved. We're comfortable. Pastor, it's quiet. I know. Just... Think about, if, if I am moved, that means I am doing something. If I am unmoved, I am doing nothing. What are you doing? You know, as a pastor, I should not have to try to convince people to want to serve the Lord. It shouldn't be that I should have to try to convince everybody and try to pump everybody up to go do something. It ought to be that 
Somebody, people are dying without Christ. There's a real place called hell. And the Lord has given me the job to tell them. I've got to do something. It ought to be that we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with everybody. You know, just, just stop and think. Brother David, what would it have been like if everybody would have showed up for canvassing on Saturday? It would have been mayhem. <laughs> it would have been great. But it would have been, okay, all right, everybody scoot over, scoot over, scoot over. We meet over in the modular. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be wonderful if we met in here? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be wonderful if, if the people of God were moved with the reality that there is a place called hell, and this is not just a story in the Bible. This is a reality, and you and I have been given the, the, the antidote for the, the, the sickness of sin, and we can salvage their life. I want everybody to enjoy the blessings that I get to, to live. I mean, the Lord, he saved me, he forgave me, he, I, I live such a blessed life. You know why? Because I accepted him. He is a wonderful heavenly father. Uh, I have a wonderful savior, and I want everybody to enjoy the blessing. I want everybody to enjoy the, the weight of sin being moved off of their shoulders. April 23rd, 1983, uh, 14 years old. Uh, you've heard the story the first and third Sunday of every month, uh, but, but I'm going to tell it again. Uh, I remember my parents, they wanted to go to church. My mom did. My dad said, if I go to church, everybody's going to go. I said, I was 14 years old. You can go if you want to. I'm not going. And we had a knockdown drag out, and dad was dad, and I went. We got to church, and this was the Sunday before the 23rd, and we pulled up to the bottom of the hill. It was Bethel Baptist Church. Uh, Brother and Mrs. Nolan are here. They're from Bethel. Mrs. Welch is here uh, on staff there at Bethel, and, and it was at that church. And so uh, pulled up. Pop said, well, I'm not walking in late. We were five minutes late. He said, we'll come back next week. We drove back home. I walked in the door. I picked up the phone. Uh, it was actually on the wall. There was a cord hooked to it. And uh, picked up the phone and did the, did the dial and called my brother and said, hey, I'm spending next weekend with you just so I would miss going to church. That next Saturday, I went over to my brother's, came home early Sunday morning. My mom, my dad, and my younger sister, they were gone. I'm sitting in the, uh, in the living room watching TV, and about 1 o'clock, they walk in the door. Their hair's all wet, and being the caring, loving, compassionate teenager, I just kept watching TV. And about 6 o'clock rolls around, and I think we had a 7 o'clock service at that time. Pop says, get ready. I said, for what? He said, we're going to church. I said, you already went to church. He said, we're going again. I said, you can go if you want to. I'm not going. And we had a knockdown drag out, and I lost. And during that service, we were sitting right about where Brother Salas is at, maybe Brother Frank, the preacher's left-hand side, and I was on the inside aisle uh, row there. And, and as the, the preacher preached and the invitation came and everybody stood and they began to sing, just as I am, uh, an Air Force guy walked over and he grabbed me by the elbow and he said, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? And I didn't. 
And he walked me down the aisle, and right there at the altar, April 23rd, 1983, that Sunday night, I accepted Christ. Let me tell you something. Old things passed away. Behold, all things became new. And what a blessing. Everything changed in my life. Uh, had, had not been in church and had not been taught. Uh, I remember uh, we were driving back home and Pops pulled into a, a, a Kmart parking lot and they had gotten saved on that Sunday morning. And Mom turned around. She was in the front seat. And she looked back at me and she said, how do you feel? I said, I don't know, but I feel like something's gone. Let me tell you, you know what was gone? Sin debt was gone. And I'm saved and on my way to heaven. You know what? I've got the good news of the gospel. I've got to tell somebody. The people are in hell. They're saying, send somebody to tell my brethren. Uh, there are people that are alive right now that may only have another day. They may only have another week. They may only have another month to live. We don't know. People are going into eternity, 1.8 per second, going into eternity. 54 million people this year will slip into eternity. And who's going to tell them? Send somebody. They didn't care who it was. They just wanted somebody to tell their loved one so they would not come to that place of torment. You could be the answer to somebody in hell's prayer. You could be the answer to a praying mama's prayer. Maybe a grandma who's praying for a wayward child. Maybe it's somebody who's already in hell and, and they're looking back at those that they love and they don't want them to come to hell. And they're crying out, send somebody. Send somebody. You know, a Bible Baptist church, it needs to be more than a handful. It needs to be more than a few. It needs to be a majority. Every one of us have the great opportunity to take the good news of salvation. You say, Pastor, I don't really know what to say. We can teach you. And if nothing else, you can grab a gospel track and say, hey, let me just invite you to church. And on the back, there's some verses that'll tell you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven. Send somebody. Father, I pray that you would help each of us to, this morning. I pray that you would help us to realize we have a great opportunity. We have a great duty, a responsibility to share what we have been given. And I pray that those that are in our community, those that are within our households, those that are within the sphere of our influence, Lord, that we would be a witness for you, that we would help uh, share the gospel so people will have at least a choice so they don't spend an eternity without you in hell. And so I pray that you would help this morning. Speak to hearts, please, for Christ's sake. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Nobody's looking around. You say, Pastor, I'm here this morning, 
and I don't know for sure if I died right now. I'm concerned about it. I don't know if I, go, if I died, I'd go to heaven, but I'm concerned about it. Pastor, pray for me. I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you, but I want to pray for you. Do you know you're saved this morning? Pastor, I'm unsure. I don't know. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you. Pastor, I'm not sure if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. Pray for me pray for me. Maybe you're watching online. You don't know Christ as your personal Savior. There's, a, there's a, uh, a number on your screen. Text heaven to that number. We'll get back with you. What about it, child of God? Will you be that answer to that prayer? You say, Pastor, the Lord spoke to my heart. That cry that goes out, send somebody. I'll be that somebody. I'll share the gospel. I'll tell others. You say, Pastor, that's me. Nobody's looking around. Just slip your hand up. I'll be a somebody. How about a child of God? I'll be a somebody. All right, come on now. We've got we to take what we've been given and we've got to share it. I'll be a somebody. You see, if we're not going to be a somebody, it's because we are unmoved. Unmoved. I'll be a somebody. Father, you know the needs. You know the decisions. I pray that you would help us corporately, individually help us, Lord, to take our, our opportunities to share the gospel with those that are in this world. So work now, please, in this invitation for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand together. The instruments are playing. If the Lord spoke to your heart, you respond. You don't know Christ is your Savior. You come. Maybe you need to bow a knee. Maybe you need to make a decision. Maybe there's somebody that you know that is unsaved. How about you take just a moment and pray for them? Send somebody. Send somebody. Lord, I'll be that somebody. I'll be that somebody. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.